0: This podcast has explicitly adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. That voice drop. Holy uh, hell, I have... that testosterone's
1: working. Yeah, it's
0: getting there. It's getting there. Um, I have to kind of like pay attention to keep my voice in a lower register because if I'm not paying attention, it goes back up here. But um, uh, it's exciting. Uh, and it's also just like getting easier to do so I don't have to constantly pay attention to it. So yeah, the voice oh, sauce. It works. Um, well, hi, my name is uh, James. My pronouns are he, him. And uh, yeah, I've been on testosterone now for seven months. So uh, that's been pretty exciting. I'm
1: clapping Uh, over here, but I'm not going to clap
0: physically because that'll like disrupt the audio and sound really fucking weird. I appreciate that. Um, But yeah, I I guess that's my fun fact. I didn't really do anything too exciting. I I drank a lot. I can do shots now, which is exciting. I haven't really been able to do those successfully in the past. Does that include the jello shot? No, jello shots are different. Of course I can do jello shots. Okay, cool. Um, but like, like I can't. Uh, the first time I ever did like a shot of vodka, it like came back up my nose. But over the weekend, uh, it's a
1: shot of vodka. Yeah,
0: admittedly, and I was also in college, so it was not like good vodka. But my roommate and I, so I spent like a hundred dollars on alcohol <laughs> this weekend for the party I threw, which was only like five people, one of whom didn't even drink. So it was just a lot of money that did not need to be spent. However we bought cookie dough whiskey and did shots of that and it was very very good burned like like hell but it was very very tasty yeah I was just
1: gonna say that sounds gross as somebody who really likes
0: whiskeys and bourbons <laughs> um that's fair I do not so uh this is my friend I think it's by the same people that do the like peanut butter whiskey so
1: that also sounds really gross I just
0: <laughs> drink whiskey it, I mean we can't all like be masculine whiskey. iris <laughs>
1: I'm not even that masculine. <laughs> I just am aspiring trans man. I'm more just a gender fluid mess. Mm, also, introductions. Love. Hi, my name is Iris. I use they he pronouns. I'm an aspiring trans man, but mostly Ooh. just a gender fluid mess. <laughs> yeah, the two things that I wanted to introduce myself were: um, I went to an orgy over the weekend, and Ooh. it was and I'm very much in bliss post orgy. It was great. And my go-to lube brands are Good Clean Love, Uber Lube, and Sliquid. Oh, I didn't even
0: think to prep that. Um, Hmm. I just threw those in there being like, oh, well, they are my go-to brands. Nice. Okay. I usually don't use lube. And in the handful of times I do, I bought, I think when I bought my Hitachi, I also got like a bottle of Shibari brand lube, which is a fascinating brand name because rope bondage doesn't often require lube in its own right. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a, a good lube, given that the, well, I could get into the story later, but the only UTI I've ever had in my entire life, I think I can blame on this lube. So... <laughs> That that is a very common thing that people experience. Oh, no, okay. Well that does make me feel better. But yeah. uh hi. Uh, this is Kinky Queries, a podcast where you send in questions and we work out the kinks or more often than not work in the kinks. And our question this week, if you couldn't tell, is what lube should I use? Which, you know what? I have this question too, because I'm not really, I wouldn't consider myself a lube connoisseur. For a long time, penetration wasn't really something I or my partners were interested in. So it was mostly just like oral adventures in which there's already a lot of liquids occurring there. So I haven't really been super familiar with lube in the past. So I'm really excited to learn about this because apparently tea has made me more of a bottom than I was before, and now I'm a size queen. So lube has become very important to me. (laughs) I didn't know you were gonna be more bottomy with tea, but I'm not shocked by this. I didn't know, I didn't think this could happen. I was already such a bottom, I don't understand. (laughs) Actually, that's not true. Before tea, I was pretty, I wouldn't call myself like a stone top in terms of just like position, but I really did not like partners penetrating me. And that was less of a preference thing. And I think more of a drama thing. But now I'm just like, admittedly, I haven't had other people penetrate me, but I'm just like, what is the biggest dildo I can fit inside me? And you know what? With the power of lube, so many things are possible. I I didn't believe it, but I had bought things that like years ago I had bought them and I'm like, oh, this is just kind of like a cool novelty thing where I'll just use this as a vibrator. There's no way this will ever fit inside me. And it fits inside me now. It's nuts. Anyway, lube is great. Uh, a very powerful, very useful tool. And yeah, I mean, Iris, you've got like a great, lube introduction here, so go off if you don't mind.
1: Heck yeah. For those who don't know, I used to be a sex educator within public schools and college campuses, so I know a decent amount of lube, but we're going to go to the research because that's always a really good start. As an AFAB-bodied individual, I really love the information from- this is verified by like several different studies that uh, women and those with AFAB bodies- feel consistently positively about lube and lube use. They prefer sex to be more wet. It feels better for them than sex that feels drier, but this changes over time. It's more socially okay for someone to use lube and feel better about lube once they're over the age of 40, where those who are younger, there's a lot of like cultural and social norms where like lube is like Basically, the idea that like you can create your own lube, you don't need external. Um, That is not true. Anybody can use lube. We're not going to be ageist
0: about this. Lube is meant for everybody. That's a fascinating statistic, by the way, in the sense that like there's sort of an age of acceptability in the cultural, you know, norms of lube. Which Mm -hmm. seems like such a shame because lube is good for a lot of things and lubricating various orifices that don't always lubricate themselves. But also the idea that, like, you have to hit a certain age and then you're allowed to use something that makes things more streamlined, if it were. That, That seems very weird. Yeah. So that particular study was actually done in 2012. Since 2012,
1: we've had a lot of sexual cultural changes, which is great Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of different ways. But that does mean that like this is 2012 data and Mm -hmm. like probably these interviews with individuals happened before 2012 and this was published. That makes sense. Um, And like we want to take that into consideration when we're looking at it. When looking at like other studies, there is this perception of like usefulness for lubricants pertaining to like pregnancy prevention and HIV and STI prevention because less tears, micro tears on the body and Mm -hmm. less chance of having like a condom break. So that also should be considered as well that like when you take that into consideration that that is considered like a more acceptable use of lubricant and that's a more recent study.
0: Another fun thing when I was looking through like the general research, these are just like the highlights of things I thought were interesting. Yeah, no, I'm super here for it. And I, I didn't even think about that in terms of like the condom breaking, but I'm not going to say most condoms because I would not consider myself a condom connoisseur either. But condoms often come pre-lubricated, don't they? Yes, they do come pre-lubricated, but that doesn't
1: mean it's the right amount of lube mm-hmm. for everybody, especially right. for those who like their body doesn't make as much moisture uh, and lubrication for them. Or if they're having anal sex, Maybe that's not enough lubrication for them. And honestly, for most people that I know, for the anal sex that they have, that's never going to be enough lubrication. They want more than like what comes on a standard
0: condom. All right. So we've heard you like lube. So we put lube with your lube. If you're using a pre-lubed condom, add more lube just for fun and safety also. Um, But awesome. Okay. That totally makes sense.
1: I have a ton of information that I want to talk to people about, but I'm going to start off with a fun fact about
0: saliva. Okay. It's actually not that fun. I'm really sorry. That was not honest. I was so excited. I thought it was going to be like the, (laughs) ah, saliva is actually just filtered blood or saliva is what causes your mouth to heal faster than any other part of your body. Those are two very fun saliva facts, in my opinion. What is your not so fun fact about saliva? (laughs) Well, saliva
1: often gets perpetuated as like, oh, that's another lube that you can use the body creates. And that's super fair. It can be used as a lube. I did find a study that showed that saliva uses lubricant for anal cells. Sex is a risk factor for rectal gonorrhea among men who have sex with men. And that the study in its conclusion stated that almost half of rectal gonorrhea cases could be eliminated in men who have sex with men if partners stopped using saliva for anal sex.
0: Fascinating. So is that the kind of thing where it's like mouth gonorrhea getting transferred to the anus? Or is that a situation where just like the saliva is a better conduit for the gonorrhea? It's a bacteria, right?
1: Yes, it is a bacteria. I am honestly not sure why the saliva is this, like, vector for gonorrhea, to be quite honest. Okay. It's something that I'm not super familiar with, but, like, people have researched it. They have findings on it. It was published in peer review. Um, It seems fairly factual. I don't have a good concrete answer for that question. Apologies. Oh, yeah.
0: No, I'm definitely not doubting the facts at all. I'm more just, like, I I love asking why, but uh, that's... Totally not a big deal that we don't know why, but that is fascinating that that's the case. So my not so fun fact about saliva. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not so fun fact. Don't use it as a lube for anal sex. Mm -hmm. Damn, that's like so much porn loves that trope. Um, I can't, I cannot believe what a scandal. Pornography isn't accurate sex education. Who could have seen this coming? What? (laughs) Wild (laughs) times. Though I have led with like those, like not
1: necessarily a thread of information. They're more like blocks of information. I do want to move
0: into the categories of lubricant that exist. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that's like a really great overview of like why people use lube, why people don't use lube and like using lube as an alternative for saliva. So yeah, there's different types of lube. And I know at least my, the limited knowledge I have about lube is that, and correct me if I'm wrong about this you don't want to mix silicone-based lube with silicone toys. Is that true or is that a myth? That is true.
1: So for silicone as like a component that exists in the world, silicone really likes touching other silicone and adhering to it. And so that can either mean like forever having silicone lube on your toy, no matter how much you take it off, or the silicone toy degrading over time because you're utilizing silicone lube. And that can cause like microscopic holes that you're not aware of and things can grow in there or stis could like stay in there and so you just don't want to mix silicone with silicone is basically what that gets at Makes um, sense. but there are other lube categories as well we've got water-based and oil-based and i'm going to talk about all three categories so i'll start with silicone because we started there silicone is actually a really long lasting lubricant and you don't have to use a ton when you use it it is very versatile overall and the body doesn't absorb it so our body likes to absorb liquids mm-hmm. a lot of the time because they are water-based and we'll get into that with water-based loops it, it we're basically sponges we're very complex yeah. sponges we like to take in water um and we're not going to absorb silicone through our skin so it does stays on the body longer you don't have to use as much and you don't really have to reapply as much as well it also means that like if you're into shower sex or anything that involves like extra liquids occurring that you can use silicone lube and it's going to stay on because it's a little bit harder to wash away from the body. It's also safe to use with condoms, wanna point that out. Um, Most of the condoms that you get will have either like a hybrid lube situation that has silicone lube or is just explicitly silicone lube. And yeah, don't use silicone lube with silicone-based sex toys, as we said. And one other thing that I wanna point out about it is that it can stain sheets, it can stain cloth. So you just
0: wanna be careful what you're using it on. That makes sense. Yeah, what you were saying too about it working better for shower sex because it's difficult to wash off, the con of that, is going to be it's difficult to wash off. Yeah. Use soap. (laughs) which you should be using soap anyways,
1: but different conversation, I guess. Another category we have is water-based lubes. So water-based is also safe to use with condoms. It's very easy to wash off compared to a silicone-based lube. It will not break down silicone toys. For those who have sensitive skin, it often tends to create less reactions for people. So like silicone and oil-based can sometimes like cause skin reactions for some individuals. Oh, interesting. Would not recommend for shower or any water-based sex just because it will disappear on you. You do have to reapply it frequently because it's absorbed by the body because it is water-based the body is like oh fuck yes hydration and it will steal it from you and so you have to reapply and when you reapply it creates like this stickiness because what your body has absorbed the water the other aspects of that lubricant are staying on the skin and it creates like a sticky gumminess sensation for some people fascinating. I referenced this a little bit earlier there's also hybrid lubricant. So hybrid, when you see something that says hybrid loops, it means that it is mostly water-based with a tinge of silicone in it. And so you just want to be careful pertaining to your toys and knowing about both water-based and silicone, like, what makes the most sense for you. So Um, I guess,
0: what is the appeal of hybrid-based lubes? Where does that, like... Where's like one of the better use cases for it if it's kind of going to have the pros and cons of both water and silicone?
1: It lasts a little bit longer than just um, water-based lubes. I don't tend to use it because I don't tend to like using uh, silicone lubes super often. And if I'm going to use a silicone-based lube, I personally go for uber lube because I think their silicone-based one is fantastic. But like for some people, that is something that is helpful. Less application. It still gets absorbed by the body a little bit And you get the
0: perks of both as well. Nice. Okay. That definitely makes sense. And then our third and final category. Yes. Final category.
1: Last but certainly not least.
0: Tell us about the secret forbidden lube. I was setting that up for a goof and I didn't have any like payoff for it. Oh, okay. I was just like, what's a cocky answer to that? (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, third and final. Wait, third? I'm like, aha, the secret fourth lube. (laughs) Yeah, the secret fourth lube. I mean, my brain
1: went to like a really fucked up place. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Or at least he can't... Yes.
0: (laughs) It's like menstruation. I've also watched Interview with a Vampire over this holiday season. I know what's up. Okay. I was being like menstruation. Oh, sure. That too. Which, I mean, is functional but (laughs) it works it does disappear it
1: gets everywhere it very much looks like a massacre but details our third and final category is oil-based lube it doesn't contain like additional hormone disrupting chemicals or like irritants in it because it's just like an oil and when we talk about oil it's like coconut oil olive oil like things that you have in your cupboard that people will use as lubricant it's very long-lasting because it's not being absorbed by the body as like water is but it does moisturize the body so that. The skin will still absorb it, just not as quickly. It's gentle on the skin, as I said, it's a lovely little moisturizer. One big thing, you can't use it with latex condoms. A majority of the condoms on the condom market are made of latex. Oil breaks down latex over time. It will make it rip, it will make it have micro tears, this will lead to STI transmission, as well as potential pregnancies, depending on what the dynamic is. If you have a polyurethane condoms, which is like the latex-free option, it can be used with that. but. The those are definitely less common to find and they tend to be on the more expensive side. Oil-based lubes can be used in water. So if you're into shower sex again, like definitely feel free to use it. It can also leave stains similar to silicone lube. We see this when like oil splatters on clothing sometimes Mm -hmm. when you work in the kitchen. And from like a kink perspective, you can't use oil-based lube when you're wearing your latex attire. It will break down your latex attire and we all know that shit's expensive. There's so many other lubes that you could use. Don't use
0: oil-based. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like the nightmare scenario. You spend all this money on your like sexy latex cat suit, and then it just disintegrates off your body. It would be so sad. But yeah, I had heard, like, you know, you hear about oil-based lube in terms of, like, a historical context uh, before (laughs) we have commercial-made lubes. But I I just can't fathom the idea of, like, grabbing the kitchen olive oil and... Using that during intercourse? Like, I guess, I don't know. Would something like that have a risk of yeast infection, do we think? Or there's not really much that the like. The yeast won't grow off of like an olive
1: oil just because it has a very low sugar content. Uh, and we're going to talk about sugar content just because like there are some ingredients in many lubes in the US. I'm coming from the US perspective because that's where I live. Lubricant is considered a cosmetic. And so, as we know about the cosmetic industry, a lot of weird shit ends up in the stuff we use which means that not all of it is necessarily body safe and some of it will cause reactions that we don't want our bodies to have and some of those things are considered like this is like a hot and cold kind of lube when you see things like that it means that like you're creating some sort of irritation to the area and so we want to be on the lookout for certain ingredients in the ingredients list so that you know not to use it yeah because or at least be aware of some of the
0: repercussions of it but I think that's a super good point because there's a lot of like novelty when one is shopping for lube the flavored lubes or like you were saying like the hot and the cold lube or I see you have in the notes and this is something I'm also like terrified of but like the numbing lube which is always concerning in my opinion But yeah, you've got like a really great breakdown of all these ingredients if you want to go through that. That's awesome. Yeah, so these are not all the concerning
1: ingredients that exist in the world, but it is the most frequented that I've seen and why I personally decide to avoid them. I do want to take a step back. James mentioned flavored lubricants. The key thing about flavored lubricants is that the only orifice that should go in is your mouth. Please do not put that in your vaginal canal, on your vulva, or in your anus. It has so much sugar in it, you will cause a yeast infection. It is not meant for those areas.
0: It also doesn't say that on the bottle, so a lot of people have been fucked over by that. Unfortunate. I personally, to my knowledge, have never had a yeast infection, and I really don't want one. They sound incredibly unpleasant. As someone
1: who has had many, one on purpose, several on accident art project okay (laughs) oh was that when you were doing the cast of
0: okay that's very cool actually
1: that was from my vaginal cast series that I did in undergrad don't put sugars in your fucking vaginal canal it hurts like a bitch (laughs) oh Um, and it hurts I didn't even know that that sucks it's yeasty it hurts peeing's not fun and you're itchy
0: oh awful 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 awful. but yeah so glycerin is going to be like a big red flag on that because that is sugar functionally
1: Yeah. So glycerin is a sugar-based compound that can cause yeast infections for people. So if you're yeast infection prone, you are more likely to get a yeast infection when you have a lubricant that has glycerin in it. That doesn't mean that you're a guaranteed yeast infection from using that lubricant. It just means that you are more, more prone to getting one. And as we have just kind of shown, you don't really want one, it's not a recommended experience. No. Yeah. There's parabens. Parabens are a kind of preservative. It can cause itching and burning sensations, and some research is showing that it can potentially cause cancer. So you also don't want that near your mucus membranes.
0: Yeah, and I mean, parabens are the kind of thing that people complain about in their hair care. I don't think, you know, something that you don't want in your hair, you definitely don't want it inside your orifices. Yes.
1: I'm going to have a really hard time pronouncing some of these things and I'm really sorry if I butcher them. I'm not that kind of research science person. Um, Benzyl alcohol. It's another kind of preservative. It can cause itching and burning. Citric Mm. acid. Same thing. It's a kind of preservative. It can cause itching and burning. Mm. Nonoxynol-9. I think that's how you pronounce it. We're going to put this in like the description. So if you're like, what the fuck did Iris say? No worries. This will be in the description. Nonoxynol 9 is a kind of spermicide. And when you think about spermicides, you think it's like a really good idea in the sense like, oh, not only do I have like this lubricant or this condom that will protect an individual from pregnancy. It's like a double whammy kind of situation. I've been caught in this. I did this in high school. So spermicide can actually harm the vaginal flora and increase a risk for STIs.
0: Interesting.
1: It is not actually a helpful product, even though it is promoted to be such one. And so I tend to stay away from anything that has nonoxynol 9 or says Spermicide on it. Just because I like my vaginal flora, it's supposed to be there. It makes my vaginal canal what it is. And I don't really want to get STIs if I don't have to get an STI.
0: Yeah, so this applies to all Spermicide, not just nonoxynol 9? Yes. Interesting. Okay, I didn't- I mean, admittedly, I haven't really encountered a lot of sperm In my sexual escapades uh so i haven't really thought critically about spermicide for myself but that is very very good to know and unfortunate honestly because the concept's great uh it's just uh unfortunate that the execution doesn't quite work as a
1: product to prevent pregnancy it is great it does help do that it is not the most effective product out there for it but it does do what it is advertised to do it just means that like there's other things that are not described in its advertising which is that's marketing in general
0: Yeah. Which fair enough. And admittedly, it seems sort of like how pesticides work where yes, it does kill the pest. It also kills other things. And Mm -hmm. given, you know, the harm to vaginal flora, which is basically the microbes that, it live all over and inside our bodies, and specifically in this case, in the vagina. They're living things, too, and easy to kill. Yeah. There's benzocaine, which
1: is a numbing agent. E- um, you'll no. It's often used in lubricants that are focused on anal pleasure. And the reason why they put that is because it makes anal as, like, a sexual act less scary for a lot of people being like oh it's a numbing agent if it hurts I won't feel it as much the problem is is that if it hurts you won't feel it as much and if something hurts you kind of want to know because that's your body telling you that something's wrong animal is not supposed to hurt
0: yeah Um, sex is not supposed to hurt unless you want it to hurt and even then you want to be aware of that hurt so it's like the fun hurt and not the oh something is wrong hurt
1: Right. And especially in the anus, that is very delicate tissue. It's very Mm -hmm. thin. And if you're having micro tears or if there's like any sort of like major bleeding and
0: you're not feeling it because you're numbed, that's an issue and that can cause major problems. Yeah. I think that's like, I could see the appeal from a kink perspective, but it's just really, that is a very, very risky thing to do in a sense. And it it seems like it's made so not common per se, because like, you know, it's not exactly like anal sex is the most common thing in mainstream society, but like in the niches where numbing lubricant finds itself it seems to be a very normalized thing and that's very concerning from my perspective
1: well it could also be used on like a vaginal opening as well for people who like they are tighter down there they don't experience as much pleasure pleasure through penetration I could see someone easily going towards a numbing base glue being like oh maybe this will make it feel better and that can still hurt you and so just overall just be aware that like numbing agents in general I personally have some iffiness around like everybody can choose what they want to do with their body but like if your body's saying that something hurts it's telling you that for a reason
0: yeah I think that's a very smart way to go about it
1: sorry this episode isn't like the most
0: exciting one and like fun conversation it's more like listen I think it's exciting uh and if our listeners don't you know get off on like a list of chemicals i think that's a mistake (laughs) if you
1: get off on a list of chemicals please contact iris um that this is one of their favorite things to talk about is how (laughs) fucked up our capitalist system is and the fucked up shit that it decides to put in your bodies for kicks making it cheaper creating a sensation and not instead of thinking of like the holistic body love these kinds of conversations Sodium hydroxide uh, is also referred to as caustic
0: soda and can cause burns in the eyes and on skin. Is that one of the ones that's in the like hot and cold kind of lube? I'd yes. imagine that's mm, yeah anything that's caustic and burning <laughs> like listen I love wax play I love a little bit of heat a little bit of spice that's but a like, different
1: conversation like wax yeah. play
0: is not like chemical burns yeah chemical burns are kind of a different different degree the the closest I can get to chemical burns being sexy is that one scene in Fight Club where his like hands on the table and he does that really insane chemical burn but that's like that's like dangerous knife play levels of masochism, you know, like that's fun in fantasy. Sure. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to squick you there. <laughs> that's okay. I've squicked you enough fucking times. No worries. I didn't anticipate Fight Club being a squick, but I will keep that in mind and also my condolences. It's um, okay.
1: Yeah. So those are like the top ones that I tend to consider when I'm looking at different lubricants, but also like if you see fragrances or flavors those can often cause irritation on skin like we see like essential oils you're not supposed to put directly on skin strong fragrances like that it can irritate the skin so if you're putting something along the lines of that and like definitely it's significantly diluted in a lubricant it still can cause irritation and so if you have allergies or you have sensitive skin or you're buying a new lube to be quite honest. You wanna make sure that you're doing like a test spot on your body before you start like having sex with it or masturbating with it. Uh, Just because you wanna know like, is my skin gonna react to this? Should I be wary of this particular bottle of lubricant that I bought since it's something new or because I tend to be a little bit more sensitive? Especially with those who have like allergies for different like plants, a lot of lubricants have plant substances in them because plants have like a more of a gelatinous thing going on in them. (laughs) Um, Aloe is used a lot. If you have any sort of plant-based allergies, please, please, please do a test on you first before you have sex and you have an allergic reaction to
0: your lubricant. Yeah, it's definitely better to have an allergic reaction on like your hand or your arm as opposed to your genitals. If like I had to pick a place to have an allergic reaction, that would be my preference, not the genitals. I mean, not even allergic reaction, just like
1: reactions, any sort of irritation. Mm, I'd rather have it in like a dime-sized spot than like my entire
0: vaginal canal or my anus. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think
0: that's a Very different (laughs) vibe. Reasonable testing idea.
1: And then there's two other things I wanted to cover. The first is fisting lubes. Or fisting powders, should I say. Oh, So you may have heard of this. You may have not. Who knows? Um, two common ones are J-Lube and x They have fisting powders. Um, it is a powder that you add water to. You mix it all up and it becomes a very thick gel. It tends to be a more economical choice for people who enjoy fisting. And it's very plentiful. However, I want to point out that J-Lube specifically was made uh, for birthing livestock. Oh, And it contains a lot of sugar in it and it is not safe for vaginal canals. I do not know about X-Lube, but like, it's important to know that like, that is where uh, fisting lubricants come
0: from. I I mean, that makes sense, but I literally never would have thought of that. Like I, uh, my roommates into these like farm based, like documentary shows and like seeing animals give birth is horrific. First of all, second of all, yeah, I mean, that would make sense in terms of the scale of what fisting is on the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, But I never would have anticipated that it was originally made for livestock purposes. That's nuts. Me, <laughs> when we
1: talk about kink, a lot of the things that have been acquired by the kink community were not meant for sexual pleasure. This is just one of the many. And um, this is one that like, as many others have, they have their own concerns to them. Yep. Um, so you just want to be careful with like the products that you have. Another thing that I wanted to point out is that you might have heard of vaginal tightening Um, slash shrink creams and gels. Oh god. These are also not lube and I want to point that out first and foremost. Uh, What these are doing is it is basically an irritant that dries you out on purpose and creates a reaction, mostly inflammation, to make someone feel tighter. But as you can probably assume, that's gonna hurt.
0: Um, it's not
1: a lubricant so you're not getting like any support from it but also you're purposely irritating the area it can really hurt your mucus light lining and if you're hurting your mucus lining once again you're opening yourself up for like micro tears and increased
0: STI transmission and just like a general friendly reminder uh tight is not usually a good thing when it comes to sex in fact it usually means the opposite of aroused and if you're really worried about like giving like a a good vaginal squeeze like that we have muscles that can do that kind of on on command if you practice with them yeah yeah so if, if you've got a partner and they have a dick and they're really like it feels really great when something squeezes my dick a most people have two hands um that's two incredible opportunities to squeeze a dick And alternatively, yeah, there's just, there's so many other ways to simulate the feeling of tightness in a vaginal canal without being unaroused or causing, like, vaginal harm. Like, I, like, I knew these creams existed, but I'm just, like, continuously irritated and angry about their existence.
1: Yeah, I can speak a lot to, like, my thoughts, concerns about, like, tight vagina constructs but if you want a strong muscular vaginal canal try kegels it also helps your anus as well so if you're feeling like you have a loosey-goosey anus you probably don't first off but if you do kegels can help that as well you can have a strong
0: anus and like a powerful sphincter through kegels yeah i just think that's like a much much better alternative than intentionally creating a mild allergic reaction inside your body uh, it's not really a mild inf- allergic reaction. You are purposely
1: causing inflammation. Ah, gotcha. But yeah, that's my quick and dirty spiel on
0: lube. There's a lot to talk there's about. If you can there's a lot to talk tell. about with lube. I had no idea. Thank you so much for all this wet and juicy knowledge. I guess this this How? well, my brain feels well lubricated. All all in the many folds of my brain. That's um, gross. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: but yeah, this has been this has been great, Iris. Yeah, no problem. And thank you all for listening as we talk about our favorite things. Do you have a kinky question? Send us your queries at kinkyqueries at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at kinkyqueries, or check out our website at kinkyqueries.com. That is
0: K-I-N-K-Y-Q-U-E-E-R-I-E-S. We'll have our next episode for you soon. I love like I don't know, the science jargon kind of does it for me, so I'm having a good time.
1: Right? But also, like, this is applicable to, like, so many different kinks and just, like, sexual
0: health overall that oh, yeah. it's like,
1: I feel like we should talk loo.